Lads, we're back. How is everyone? It's actually been a while. Yeah, because we, we skipped last week because there was nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And, and then Alex was in Ottawa. Yeah, I wasn't even. Yes. Here. And then the sky started falling and there's a fourth <laughs> screen today because to talk about the flames and to talk about Carey Price, there's no one else we could have on other than our good friend, Will Baldwin. Will, how are you, buddy? Pretty, I'm pretty good. I was really good. And then we got the news that we're going to talk about first. So that <laughs> kind of dampened my NHL feelings, but I'm overall pretty good. So it's, it's listen, if, if the podcast was a company, it would be split 33.3% between Daniel, Alex, and I, I would like to think, right? But, you know, as the person who steers the show, I've made the executive decision that we're going to forget about, you know, the World Juniors and the gold medal game, even though my own Alex and I don't think even watched the second of the tournament, where we're going to ignore the front office rankings for a second, not even the Nazem Kadri's a Calgary Flame, um, because heartbreaking news has come. And lads, this is going to be very passionate for me. I have written down many stats today. Carey Price, um, per Habs GM Kent Hughes the other day, um, Carey Price is not expected to start the season for the Habs. It's doubtful he'll return to the season at all. Uh, quote, this is the full thing from Kent Hughes. This summer, he went through the process of a shot to the knee, seeing if that would help, Hughes said. Uh, it did not. At this point, we don't expect Carey to be available for the start of the season. Quite frankly, I don't know if there's a path back for Carey to return this season through the rehab process. We had to let time to take its course. At this point in time, the news in terms of Carrie's knee is pretty discouraging uh, in the sense that there hasn't been any improvement at all. Um, and actually, guys, if you turn back the clock, this is actually going back to Carrie Price's last game being the season closer and that 10-2 win over Florida, fun enough. Uh, funny enough, also Price's 700th start uh, and very well could be his last game. This is a quote that he had. I'm just continuing to get a lot of swelling in the knee, he said. So due to that fact, it's been difficult to do a lot of things I would consider well out there. Last night, for instance, I played pretty well. It was a pretty good game. But in that same token, there are different aspects of goaltending that's required these days that is very difficult for me to do. Uh, And then in reference to the game, and if it is indeed his last one, it looks like it. Quote, it was just an exceptional day for myself. Uh, I had a great sleep. It was just an A-plus day. If that was it, it would have been a great way to do it. And I remember I was on the way back from Montreal when that came out and I actually shed a tear. Um, his wife, Angela, put on a post on Instagram saying, I've got a lot of DMs asking how I can get a message to carry and make sure he reads it. And she just put comments in this Instagram post and she said, when he's ready, he'll read them. So, gentlemen, and I'll start with Will here. Um, it's very possible we have seen the end of Carrie Price. And uh, that hurts to say. Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously brutal. But at the same token, I think with what he's gone through in the last year, I messaged this to you when this news came out. If this is it, I won't be devastated because it seems like he's in a better place mentally than he was in the last year. And you often see guys who go through continuous uh, injury rehab it's just like such a strain on your mental health. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be like that for him, particularly for someone who by his own admission has had significant struggles with mental health, then I think it's a difficult ask to be like, or a weird thing to say as a fan to be like, I hope he comes back when like 
it's pretty obvious that he's had some hard times with stuff. And then like, you think about that, like Rick Westhead documentary from a few years ago about the, um, the prescription drugs and like the challenges guys have with that. And you're like, when you mentioned stuff about his knee, like you just said, you're like, is that what he's going to have to do to get to a place where he can play? And you're like, what is he injecting into his knee? And you're like, kind of like all these things where you're like, at the end of the day, is it a worth it in the sense of like, for him as a person, which is obviously the most important thing. And then be like, with his contract, he's not getting moved. Like he's going to stay there. And let's be realistic here. The Habs aren't going to be very good for like the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. So even if he does come back, like he's going to come back and play on a bad team. Like that's like, that's like the best case scenario here. And it's just kind of like what, like when you think about it, as much as it sucks, like, is it really worth it? And it's like, it's kind of hard to make a pitch that it is worth it. I mean, obviously if he wants to go for it and do it, then like, he's probably going to, but if he does decide that this is it, then like, it's pretty hard to like pull out a list and be like, you're at, he's wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it's a tough way for him to go out but in the same token it's kind of like a good way because we never had the like Brodeur in St. Louis where you're like what is this right like, to uh, right to Daniel's heart there Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like even like even when you watch quick now it's just like kind of sad because it's just not the same yeah and it's just like if the last like real memories we have of him is basically like him playing at like some of his best hockey in that playoff run, then like he got to a final, like he did all these things. It's kind of hard to be mad because like when you look at how other guys go out, like he doesn't have like the gross hash of Ottawa. You're, you're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, he's just going to retire a hat. And like, that's like, that's just kind of like, like we're going to talk about the flames today, obviously like Kiprasov the last few years, it was brutal. Like it was just like, we, we kind of need to like this kind of needs to end because like mm-hmm. the team ends up in a weird place where they're like we're paying this guy he was getting paid five or six million at the time but like that was a lot for the cap like carries obviously gave hit a lot so like the team's kind of stuck because they don't want to move on the guy but then also like he's not good so then they're like what do we do and it's like just kind of better for everyone if it ends in a weird way and mm-hmm. like obviously it sucks but like also at the same time you're kind of like everyone almost wins because hopefully if he does retire, he gets out of the rehab scenario and it's not as hard on him mentally and physically. And he can do things with his kids and not be like the guy who's like 40 and like wants to ride a horse with his kids. And they're like, no, you can't play. (laughs) Your knee knee doesn't let you do that. Mm -hmm. So like, it's, it's just like, it's one of those things where like, when you really think about it, it makes sense. But obviously when you first get the news, you're like, bro, really that's, this is it. It just sucks. Because it, it, leading up, because it's obviously in the, the aftermath of the Monaghan move, a lot of people were thinking, okay, maybe it's going to be a contract going the other way to sort of lessen the burden. People thought maybe Mike Hoffman. Uh, but then the moment it was like, oh, it's just a conditional. It, it was future considerations. I think everyone's mind started going, oh, dear God, it must be Carey Price. Um, before I throw it over to Alex and Daniel, it's funny you mentioned sort of better headspace uh, and last sort of images of Price is before that last game of the season, and I am obligated every time I mention that game to brag that I was there. So I may have go to Carey Price's last game, humble brag. Um, but leading up, those last few games weren't great. He wasn't playing well. Um, uh, obviously, he, they weren't scoring for him, like story of his career. But there weren't, I think there was a game against the Sens, especially where you sort of went, 
oh no, um, luckily that last game against the Panthers is going to really be there. And I don't think too many people were paying attention to the Habs run towards the end of the year. Um, the way they were because they were gone awful. It was just Habs fans hoping, okay, let's lose some games here. Then Petrie and Hoffman nearly kept like cocked it up against uh, the Rangers. But, you know, what we're also going to see on top of that is last moments of Carey Price is towards the end of that Panthers game. You guys are remember this. He thought the play had stopped and he turned around and started waving to his family. And you see all like the videos this summer, it like him drying his kid's hair with a leaf blower, like taking his, his oldest daughter out fishing in that. And you're like, Oh, it's just, he, just go and enjoy your life. Carrie. Oh, I guess God, he deserves it. But uh, Alex and Daniel, your guys' whole reaction to it. You guys won't be as, as heartbroken and, and as Will and I are, but um, right. a more sort of professional outlook than, than I'm going to be able to give right now. It's tough to follow up you guys <laughs> after <laughs> just, I, you got, obviously you have a different perspective on it than I get. I'd say Daniel, I do, but I think even from an outsider's view, just what he did in Montreal, considering the uh, circumstances, as Adam always likes to talk about, under 10 years of Mark Bergevin. Oh, we got stats coming. Don't worry. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, he, it was just incredible what he was able to do there and the numbers he was able to put up and the uh, the awards he was able to receive. Like, uh, I, I think it's it's hard to argue that he isn't the best goalie of that generation of goalies to me at least good you've been good and Lundqvist can move over sorry Mike go ahead Daniel yeah um I think because nothing's official official yet in terms mm-hmm. of a retirement so I'm not going to go through my favorite Carey Price moments just yet but I think the way he was able to come back the way we were able to see the Stanley Cup finals there is a bit more to the end of this chapter, what Will said that it's forever going to be that he's in a Montreal jersey that even though there was a bit of like that slip there in the later years, there was still that prime price we saw in the playoffs. And I think it was just a major boost to see him come back like the end of last season, especially for Montreal, where the way things were going, how many changes were happening and whether or not the things coming in were going to be positive and they were positive, but to see Carrie there and still be part of the community, be part of that team was super important. So when I heard the news, it was a bit of a shocking thing because when you think about your childhood, you think about your fandom growing up, Carrie price is always that fixture of he is that guy. He is that Montreal goalie that you grow up with. And to see him go at first, yes, there's the shock. There's that, Okay, I guess um, the joke I always make that my childhood is truly over. Mm. And and to see it now, like you you do think about the mental health struggles. You think about that rehab. You think about what he's been able to do for this team, even when they weren't scoring, even though when we didn't know what they were trying to build. And he was always that consistent guy there. Um, if this is truly the end, then it 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 is something that I feel he was already prepping for where we saw those pictures with his family. We saw that he, what he was doing to help with his own mental health, that this is definitely not like a, what if would happen? It's just Carrie just solidifying that legacy that we already know it was going to be there in the retirement process. Before I go too heavy into some stats and we have the hall of fame and we have the, the number of retirement, debate, even though I think between the four of us, I don't know how much of a debate it's going to be. Yeah, I was going to um, say, yeah, there's no uh, debate. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I wanted to, sorry? Hall of Fame's a lot. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is if Lalonga was the first ballot Hall of Famer to me, I think Price is above that. But uh, whatever. Um, we're we're having in a second. I spent my morning getting stuff together. Um, but I want to ask Will here. Uh, obviously, Will, goaltender coach in the past, goaltender, um, played with Kale McCarr. We can always brag about that when we have him on. Um. So I want to ask you, and we've talked about, obviously, and you've mentioned, you know, when Carter Hart was playing Price in the, in the bubble playoffs, sort of like how you were almost sort of like you would understand how Carter Hart would feel. What to your generation of goaltenders does Carey Price mean? He's, well, he's like, he's like 80% of the kid's favorite goalie, mm-hmm. which like you don't see that. It's weird. I like it was really weird because – even as like he aged out of like the cool goalie and we were working with like the younger kids. So like the kids who were like seven, eight years younger than me, like their favorite goalies were like all over the league. Like it was like pretty random, but like for a time when I was a kid, it was just like everybody, he was either your favorite goalie you or you like really appreciated how, but like no one was like a hater, which is pretty weird. Like, usually, like, you'll get people in every gen- who are like, yeah, whatever. And, but everyone was like, everyone was like pretty much unanimous supporter. That's probably because of how he played, just because, like, he was so technically perfect, basically, that it was like he just kind of played in a way that it was impossible not to, at least, no matter who you were in some capacity, emulate how you played after him. Mm-hmm. Like, when he was at his peak, especially in like the, 2014 2015 range like there was basically really nothing he was doing incorrectly just uh in terms of like just everything he did like it was just like if you played like this and at any age group or any level it was going to work out for you and um that's pretty unique like no one's going to start going and playing like quick like everyone like likes quick but it was it's kind of like he just does his thing and it's pretty ridiculous like the other guys from that generation, Lundqvist does some really weird, did some really weird stuff. Like he was always super deep in his crease, which like no one would ever teach a kid to play that deep. But like when you're Lundqvist and you've like maybe the best reaction speed of all time, because he's tight, he wasn't a big guy either. He like Lundqvist is like six foot, six one. So like the fact he played deep and uh, on top of that. So like you're not going to teach that. Like Tukaras did weird, like all the Finnish guys do weird stuff. <laughs> Like, because they're just like athletes. Like, that's that's part of why they're honestly they uh, create so many successful goalies in Europe now. Is they just like face it a lot more off athleticism. But like, you can't really teach that. Like, hey, go out there and be a freak athlete. Well, you mm-hmm. can't. But what you can teach is like the technical ability, and I think that was a big part of it. And then the other part is obviously like he plays for like for a super popular team, like. There's Habs fans literally everywhere in Canada, frankly, the world at this point, honestly, like you see Habs stuff everywhere. So like, that's a big part of it. Like if he, if he played for like Florida or like if he had actually gotten traded to Tampa, um, that it would have been a big difference, obviously. Um, but yeah, he's just like, like he's one of those guys where everyone at least had respect for him. And so many people, he was their favorite goal. Like, just, like, that was their guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a pretty unique thing, for especially for goalies. For players, you see it a little bit. But for goalies, like, you really do gravitate often to, like, that guy. So, when he, like, for me, when Kiprasov retired, that was tough. Like, that was that was one of the reasons I became a goalie was Kipper. Like, everyone loved that guy. Like, like 
I waited in line for like over an hour to get a picture with the guy. Like that guy was like a god in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So like when he retired, it was just like brutal because it was just like like as Daniel mentioned, like it really did feel like oh, like piece of your childhood was just gone when when back when a kind of guy like that leaves. And I think Carrie's going to be very similar for a lot of people just because he's a figment of a lot of people's childhood and why and how they played hockey. Mm-hmm. I always think of people talk about how Wall really solidified the butterfly, right? And I've always wondered when talking about Price's legacy what he means to a younger generation. So I, I appreciate you, you you sort of shining a light there because that's something I've always really wanted to ask. Well, um, I, th- I think one thing that's really interesting about him is I don't, he's like, uh, he's like also kind of like the last generational goalie prospect. Like that doesn't really get talked about very much, but like mm-hmm. he was a first round pick in the dub draft, which like net, which rarely happens for goalies. So at 15, he was considered an elite hockey prospect. That he goes out and plays really well in the dub, obviously tears it up, gets is a first round pick. Was he top? He was top five, wasn't he? he was I think fifth. he was fifth, yeah. Yeah, so he's top five pick in the NHL, which like how how often do you even see a goalie go in the first round now? Like it's even weird to see a goalie go in the first round or top five. And then he goes and tears up the world juniors and then immediately as a rookie is good. Like mm-hmm. the generational goalie prospect thing, like just doesn't happen anymore. And there's a like maybe you could make the argument for Vasilevsky. I'm sure Russians would probably say that he was generational from from their perspective, but he obviously got treated a little differently here going in the second round and stuff. But like outside of maybe him, like you just don't really see generational prospects at that position. So mm-hmm. it's a he's like kind of a last of a like because he was the last of the run of like the Di Pietro Flurry super high picks. So it's funny that the last one was the one that arguably worked out the best. I guess like you can make a case for Flurry, obviously, but that didn't end great in Pittsburgh, obviously. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah. uh, by the way, I do think Vasilevsky was first rounder, but I think he was around fifteenth. Yeah, uh, he was nineteenth. Nineteenth, yeah, because yeah. he, he was a free. Like, he, I, he played in the World Juniors in Calgary, um, and we went, and uh, he. Um, I will never forget this. It was a, uh, we went because the Flames first round pick was playing in that game from the year before, which was Sven Berchi on Team Switzerland. <laughs> and, uh, you to remember? And, um, the Swiss absolutely dominated Russia, like just like lit them up. Uh, but they lost four nothing. The shot, final shots were like 35 to 20. It was like something hilarious like that. And uh, Vasilevsky was on the other end and he was draft eligible. I was like, first of all, how often do you even see a draft eligible goalie in the World Juniors? Rarely. And then second of all, how often are they like legitimately the best goalie and really good? And it was like, okay, this is kind of a name that you'll remember that obviously worked mm. out. <laughs> um, and never forget right now, Detroit need a goalie and that was their pick. Um, anyway. This is just a bit of the, the resume for Carey Price, by the way, for anyone saying that he shouldn't have, that he's not a Hall of Famer, not first ballot, or if and we can have the number retirement debate because we did talk about Dustin Brown and we, will, yes, we, we will have the debate. Even Will and I on in the DMs had a bit of Dustin Brown, but this is just some of the stuff with Carey Price. First off, we just look at some of the record to do with goaltenders. Most wins in a single season, 
Most actually games played in this season played 72 one year. How the hell did that happen? Uh, most games played 712, of course, 700 starts. Most regular season wins, 361. Uh, a career save percentage of 917. If you put that to a minimum of 300 games played, by the way, two guys are ahead of him, Jacques Plant and Ken Dryden. I will mention that. Jacques Plant played 156 less games. Third most shutouts at 49. The guys ahead of him, Jacques Plant and George Hainsworth. I believe both of them, by the way, played before color. And I think Hainsworth may predate the radio, maybe a little much there, but just for a reference there. Uh, had like 70 or something playoffs, third most games played at 92, which I was surprised by. Um, if you put a minimum of 30 games played, technically he's second behind Gumps Worsley, who was born in 1929, fourth most playoff wins at 43, third most playoff shutouts, which I was like, excellent, world junior gold medalist, Olympic gold medalist, World Cup of Hockey winner, should have been the MVP, get out of here, Sid. Uh, his international numbers, as we know, goals against average below one. I will remind everyone, 0.99, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Molson Cup winner, an MVP, the only player in history to win the Hart, the Lindsay, the Vesna Jennings in the same season, a Lou Marsh winner, a Masterton winner, the Lionel Conacher winner. I didn't even know there was a thing until this morning. Uh, I believe, and I've, I'm going against something I've said before, but I've, I've turned my back on this. When the league and the competition has been at its best, he was the best. He didn't quit on the team like Wad did. Yeah, Trombley, well, whatever. Price stayed. He didn't quit like Wad did. Through everything, through being blamed for not speaking French, when the media leaked the gender of his first kid when they were trying to hide it for some sort of reveal, stayed through that. I will remind everyone. Um, hold on. Uh, had one 80-point player in front of him his entire time as a half. That was Alexi Kovalev by the year. I got this from Red Bear 341 on Twitter. That was his rookie season. I will remind you. His rookie season. That's like 2007. Um, hold on. According to Jay Fresh, from 07 to 2021, Carey Price had the highest wins above replacement. More than Haig, Rask, Lalongo, Flurry, Ryan Miller, Jonathan Quick. According to Top Down Hockey, 07 to 22, goal saved above expected. 1.18 is Carey Price. Second is 106 from Tuka Rask above Lalongo, Lundqvist, Tim Thomas, Corey Schneider. He is the best goalie in Habs history. I've changed. Get out of here, Wall. I don't care about the cups. I don't care the multiple Vesnas. This guy Ooh. has amongst them all. He's, he's just the fact that he's put up with this market, the abysmal teams in front of him. Like, 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 remember Carl Alsner? Remember that whole thing? We're going all in. Dwight King, Tory Mitchell was the Steve. Huh? That's what we're going all in. Kevin Cat and Kevin Schattenkirk's available to trade that long. We're going to go ahead and Steve off. And Price still dragged them to a conference final. Could have made the finals if Kreider didn't happen. But then years later, still brought them to a final when his knee was probably being held together with duct tape and bubble gum. If you do not think that this number should be in the rafters. I need you to just look at the fact that he has played in an era, and I'm not trying to go against the 70s Habs or anything. 32 teams. The competition is, is like he's playing against Sidney Crosby, who realistically we could say is the best player ever, actually raising the puck in the modern day. Price of all those goalies from the league and the, and the sport itself at its pinnacle was the pinnacle of goaltending. 31 should be there already. If I see, seriously, I tweeted this. If they do not retire 31, I will never cheer for this team again. Never. I, I seriously, like, look at all of that. And if you don't think, like, how do you be that high on nearly 100 playoff games? 
when they missed for like four straight years under Bergevin. But I just, I just, I, I, my throat's hurting. Go, go, go. Well, what, what do you think, buddy? I mean, the the best Habs goalie ever. That's a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's all I take. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, can't get over 30, that. thirty-one should still be up there first. Oh yeah, gamer. Oh yeah. I think the number one thing that always that often gets like because I think his NHL resume is pretty well known, but uh, I think he's pretty clearly the best Hockey Canada goalie ever, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. When you look at his World Junior, his Olympic, and then his uh. World Cup of Hockey numbers, like, I don't know if anyone's ever going to be even close to those. Like, seriously. like, Is anyone like, close to them right now? Like, I, that you can think, think of? Because so. I can't think of a goalie off like, the top of my head. Like, I guess you could make a Brodeur case, but, like, I, <laughs> I, I even love Brodeur, and I won't make that argument. He lost <laughs> twice in the yeah. Olympics. Good. <laughs> yeah, like the, like, the 06 thing is tough. Like, that's just, yeah. Like Luongo has a case, I guess, but he wasn't even that good in 2010. Like his 2010 year was like basically like he was just kind of holding on for dear life. He was kind of like, saved, yeah, in the little gold medal game. Yeah, like if you look at his numbers, they're good, but they're also like it always kind of felt like he was uncomfortable in a weird way. Whereas like Price in 14 was crazy. Like <laughs> no one could score on them. Like it was a joke. Like you forget about the Latvia game. Like that was the only game he got scored on in the medal. That's so weird to think. Yeah. (laughs) And it was a breakaway, too. So, like, because he shut out the U.S. and then they shut out Sweden. And the U.S. game, like, they just, like, he was dominant. And then Sweden, the whole team was just nuts. But, like, and then the World Junior numbers, too. Like, when you put those three things together, I don't know. And then, as Adam mentioned, the World Cup of Hockey, too, which is going to come back inevitably. Um. And so I guess guys will get more chances to play internationally. So maybe someone will take a run at it. But from a Hockey Canada perspective, I you could make an international case, but I mean that Hashik in ninety is pretty it's pretty tough. Like it'd be and then you got Trechak too and stuff like that. But like he's definitely on the short list for best international goalie of all time. And he's I would say pretty easily the best Canadian goalie of all time internationally. When you look at like what he did in the specific tournaments, obviously not necessarily when you look at the NHL resume, but when you look at when he was wearing the Hockey Canada logo or the Leaf, it was um pretty it was pretty much impossible to score on him in games that actually mattered, which is which is just like is that ever going to happen again? Not even like is the argument is he the best one, but like will that will we ever even see anything close to those three tournaments? It was just ludicrous. I agree with that because when we even looked at, you know, those hypothetical Olympic tournaments, Carey Price was not even playing and he was still on the roster. Some of the projected lineups were when Carey Price returns, he'll probably be the starter again. Because when we mentioned the end of the dominant Canadian goalie era, um, it really is just like Carey when you think about, okay, who are you going to be your options for a hypothetical NHL Olympic roster? After Carey Price, it's pretty bleak, in my opinion. Who is it? Jordan Bennington. Right, right now, I would assume Darcy Kemper is probably the first guy. Right. And then, yeah, it's like, can you really give confidence to Flurry right now? And then, like, what Blackwood and 
Carter Hart. Carter Hart is MIA. Carter Hart, we just been waiting. <laughs> but yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not well, great. We, we fancy Matt Murray after like half years. No, Alex says oh, Matt stop, Murray. Stop. Don't, don't, no, I'm not even in the mood for Matt Murray right now. <laughs> um, shall we move on to the front office rankings then? Are you sure. okay moving on, Adam? I, I listen. Mike's gonna be sad. Uh, it's just listen. Did that mean I, you'd cry? I, yeah, I, same. He texted our group chat <laughs> saying, "I hope Adam's gonna cry." I'm like, okay, explain. Um, listen, I'll say this: uh, I am not a hockey fan. I am not you know someone who wants to get into journalism, if not for Carey Price. Um, he's somehow been a better person off the ice than he was a goalie, which is just always impressive. He's never been the guy who's going to throw it all on social media like other players. Um, I have so much respect for the guy. Um, you know, I was basically a bottle of nerves the one time I got to meet him. And uh, he's just, we've had Will on, he's talked about him. We've had Laura on, he's talked about him. Um, I don't know how many half-sins are out there that don't love Carey Price. And I, I just hope when the time comes, he gets the biggest send-off ever. Um, I don't know if he will actually want it because he's remember Andre Markov never really wanted anything too big, but he won't, but he deserves everything in the world. And if this is it, thank you for everything, Carrie. We did not deserve you. And I, I, uh, I fuck. I love him. I almost swore. Oh, I love him. I'm going to, I'm going to miss him. I'm really going to miss him. Hiding Kelowna now forever. Well, oh yeah, he's he's gonna go. He's he's gonna go fishing with Dustin Buffalo, and we're never gonna see him again. He's just gonna go. And you know what? I won't blame him. He deserved it. He deserves it. He deserves to just do what he wants. Go fishing. Go get your jaw, your new John Deere lawnmower, and just go have a time, Jerry. Like that's it. Just go fishing and be happy. Go to your rodeos and go be the cowboy you always wanted to be. Um, and just never listen to the French media ever again. Berate you for as long as they have, and it's disgusting. Um, but yeah, um, I listen. Also, it's just been a freaking pleasure to watch him play because God, he was one of the only beacons of hope for this team for so long. Um, and it makes me so, so mad to see that Mark Bergerman wasted it. Uh, if we talk about front office rankings with him, Bergerman was at the bottom, but now, well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, but we're all gentlemen here, but ladies and gentlemen, listening, it is time for the main event of the evening. The NHL front office confidence rankings from the athletic Dom decisions. I'm just going to read a bit of the intro here. So we have a bit of the context going into this and just some stuff about certain uh, numbers, because not every team got as many fans voting because, you know, Florida is just not as big as other teams or Arizona as well. Uh, and another one that might shock you. Okay. Quote, the front office confidence rankings are back for another year. Every offseason, we use the wisdom of the crowd to reveal how much faith there is in each team's front office, both from a public and fan-based perspective. Each front office has its ability graded in six categories, roster building, cap management, drafting development, trading free agency, and, of course, vision. You can't wait to see that. Which means Uh, nothing. It's, yeah, come on, Alex. Uh, this is the seventh, and you can't you wait till you see Montreal's highest voted thing by the fan base. You're gonna love it. Uh, this is the seventh annual version of the list, and it's biggest yet with over 18,000 responses from those grading their favorite teams and 650 for the full team survey. The vast user base here in each market has been really be- beneficial in figuring out 
um, where uh, where different fan bases stand with uh, much more specificity from the public. Uh, could not, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm bad. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, in total, the league registered at least 500 votes and 26 teams earned 250 votes. Only Florida, Arizona, and Vegas fell below, below 150 votes. Uh, so that's not fun. Anyway, here we go. We're not going to go through every single team because go read the articles, people. Pay, writers pay, all that kind of stuff. Um, now, Alex, you've only seen Montreal, uh, where Montreal and Toronto are, right? Yeah, and who's in last place? Okay, Daniel, what have you seen so far? Um, I saw, I looked at the whole thing. <laughs> I texted you not. <laughs> Sorry. On, I don't know. I thought you like, I just looked at the previews and then, um, uh, but I don't remember it. It was like a little over, like a, a few days ago. So I don't remember. remember. Okay. I remember the top four, but that's it. Okay. And Will, I'm guessing you held off as well. I held off. I got told. Okay. Okay, good guy. Okay, do you guys want to start from the top or the bottom then? Uh, Let's start from the top because the bottom is going to be the most entertaining. Okay, this is true. Okay, first place, you can obviously assume assume it's the Colorado Avalanche. Number two is Tampa Bay. Uh, The only thing I wanted to mention here, for some reason, uh, the public seemed to think that Colorado did a better job in cap management than Tampa Bay, which I was like, really? (laughs) But I I didn't get that. I think people are still mad about the Kucherov thing. Uh, I mean, I, I am too. I, I'm not over it. Never will be. And like, actually never. But I mean, it's straight A's across the board. I don't think anyone's too concerned. Here's the first one. And this is one I think really set Will off last year. Uh, last season, Detroit were third. This year, they are still third. Jeez. The third most confident front office in the league are the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and by the way, their highest thing from their from uh, the fan base, uh, A's in trading, drafting and developing, and of course, vision. Everything else is an A minus and pretty stellar stats from the public as well. Um, listen, I just signings. Wanna, I don't know. I thought the signings would be like a B. I mean, I I don't know why you would give a, a general manager who gave Ben Chirot that type of deal an A, but that's just me. Even the public gave them a B plus. What are we thinking, guys? I guess like. Go so ahead. Um, I started a uh, franchise mode, which we're going to get to on NHL 22 with the Flames because of the the roster is actually fun to play with now. Um, and uh, one of the funny things about it is you can use the active rosters, like well, you like you can download the like most up to date rosters. And um, when you go through the trade block, it's just really funny seeing how half the team's big free agent signing is immediately on the trade block. Mm-hmm. The team registers their contracts is terrible, mm-hmm. and uh, Sherrod is always on the trade oh. block for Detroit, like immediately. So that's just funny because yeah, NHL 22 vehemently disputes. They think that contract's terrible. It's because it is terrible. What's his rating in NHL 22? Because I don't have the game. I want to say it's maybe an 81 around there. Yeah, he's an 80 or an 81. I remember Mike threw him on his top pair when we were playing the other day. He nearly scored a hat trick with him, but I I didn't want to play anymore. Um, I hate playing against Mike. I hope you're good at playing goalie, Will, because we need one for the ESHL team. Um, Anyway, I just, it's still fascinating to me that Detroit. On the ice, we'll take a step next year, but they, they're third. They're ahead of like Carolina. Like when we get to the middle of the league, there's a team, especially there, that I think we're going to have to really question why they're so low. But like Florida, like playoffs ended a bit poorly, but third, I mean, they were kind of bad again. It, it, it's the Steve Eiserman effect. Like yes. that's what this is. Yeah. Like this, that's all this is. Uh, it's that simple. Like, yeah, they're up and coming and that they're going to be a problem in the Atlantic in a couple of years, 
but to have them at third in front office rankings when I think there's still so many questions, I think is just this is clearly the Steve Eiserman effect. Get it. This is one of the bigger jumps. Last year they were 26th. This year they were sixth. Will, who do you think this is? From 26 to six. I have no idea. I I think I know who it is. I have a I have a gut feeling, but I feel like I might be wrong. I I think it's Columbus. I don't know. No, remember. No, not yet. We're not in Columbus yet. Okay. Is it Ottawa? Sorry. Sorry. Oh, it's not Ottawa. No, they're they're lower than this team. Oh. I need to know who in the world thinks the Anaheim Ducks. Jeez. (laughs) Wow, Daniel. Sorry, that's brutal. With a B plus vision, A minus cap management right now, and I don't get that. Lindbergh's another contract that's always available. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just need to understand why everyone loves Anaheim. So Dom Lecision actually writes here how last year the Jets were like six, and he's like, I don't get it. This year he's basically saying the same thing. I don't understand how in the world Anaheim are six. I, I think it's a quick switch. Okay, I think, and I'm not being biased here, but I think it's they were a team that they didn't know what they were doing for so long. They were keeping onto the core, and then. I guess just crafty drafting and then it kind of like, you know, Trevor Zegras transcends the ice, in my opinion, for this generation. And then Mason McTavish is just dominating wherever he goes. That, yeah, like I think that kind of bleeds into like the vision, the drafting. And then I think the trades too, like their deadline was pretty solid. You make a fair point. Like their their draft was really, really good. The city of Montreal was in tears because they took all the French guys, but they, they I, I get it, but it's just like, but not at six, but not at six. Yeah. Not at not six. yet. I think maybe sixth in two years. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but it is a thing of saying Pat Verbeek is very, it's refreshing what he's done. Um, by the way, I like how in previous years, it was just sort of color coordinated. Dom has now done it where there are letter grades. So instead of saying, Ah, it's in the blue for vision. I can honestly say <laughs> it's a B plus. Um, but somebody had them the third best cap team in the league. The fan base. Said, they have eighteen million dollars in cap space. I, I guess in, everybody. I guess in this league that's everyone. good. I, I guess in in the NHL that's good cap. Was this before the Ryan Strom signing? <laughs> yes, this was. Oh, like wow, a few okay. weeks ago they threw it out. So okay. I should I should so. mention here uh, the Kadri signing the Monahan deals and that I think are what's not. Uh, th- okay. This was put out before that stuff. Okay. Um, so it wouldn't have like the full thing. I mean, like if you do this now, I think if we do a prospect ranking, everyone's going to be like Mason McTavish, number one for that ridiculous save he made in the gold medal game last night. But, you know, just for an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but number eight from 21 last year, it's the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I think eighth? we can. They're eighth. Yes. Okay. Um, now, I think let's be honest. It was Claude Giroux bringing in Alex to bring cat. Um, I will. Yeah, the, the Sens are, are currently above the Minnesota Wild, uh, the new the the St. Louis Blues, uh, the Rangers, who just went to the conference finals, uh, Calgary, just to give you a sense of sort of how these scale out. I'd probably change that. Sorry? The Flames would go way higher. I mean, I, it's just it's really just a thing of when you look at the Sens right now, it's the fans seem to really love draft and developing, which I think. The Sens have always been kind of known with that. Um, cap management, well, they actually started spending money. And roster building. Obviously, re-signing Norris was pretty huge for them. Um, that guy, but Melnick died. They're probably pretty jacked about that. I cool. mean, 
I don't want to say it, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of opened did. after I, that. I didn't want to say that, but someone did. <laughs> you know what? Let's just double check. Uh, is it? Uh, it was a hot Dorian summer. Oh, okay, no, uh, I don't see anything specifically. Well, I don't think the athletic were going to let Dom quote <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah. So Eugene. But- <laughs> Oh man! I think, I think these rankings kind of show more than anything that like they're just like really benefit young teams who have like good vibes and like feel like they're getting better. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's it like? Because like once you're a playoff team, because like when you go through stages of like team development, when you're a playoff team, like you mentioned Florida, like it's fun going up, but all of a sudden once you start losing in the playoffs, and people start to get kind of mad because they're like, well, it's not going, we're not going far enough. Mm-hmm. Well, like, we I don't were... think, like I don't think anyone would realistically argue that like Anaheim or Ottawa are better run than Florida at this point. But like people or Carolina, people are going to fire those takes off because like they're having fun because like the team's getting better and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, in two years, when they haven't made the playoffs yet because they haven't gotten the growth that they expected, like mm-hmm. even like in Edmonton or something. Like I'm sure if you looked at these rankings like five, four or five years ago before Edmonton had made the playoffs, people would have been like. The Oilers are flying up and like it's really exciting. And then all of a sudden, like they miss the playoffs a couple of times and then everyone's mad, right? So I think these rankings clearly just benefit like the young teams who like, oh, we traded for DeBrincat. This is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, and it's like, okay, well, if Ottawa finishes sixth in the Atlantic next year, let's see where they like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here's a team that were right in the middle of 16 last year. Uh, an A minus in free agency has bumped them up. This is where the Columbus Blue Jackets are. Okay. Obviously, we look at Johnny Goudreau coming in. They finally bring in a star for free agency. Um, and also not via trade or anything like that. And, of course, Patrick Line re-signing is going to be huge for sort of the, the love in the market there. They also had, a, obviously, a really, really good draft, especially the defense that they were taking in the first round. You forgot Wait, about sorry, the other you, signing. You said they got an A-minus in free agency. Is that what I heard? <laughs> um, by the fans, yes. We're just going to ignore the four years at $4 million for Eric Branson. We're just going to throw That's that one under. under. Okay, well, let's, let's put it like this. If the Leafs did that, but they signed... Oh, I was gonna say, but you already have Matthews in the other. I, I personally no, would be a bit like, ah, oh, whatever. If like they signed the hundred point player, right? And then they re-signed Patrick Line, right? Who was, I think there was concerns all year about, well, does he want to stay in that? It or is that pretty marketed it though, because like mm. they definitely marketed it like part of why he came here was good brands. So like, so like that is definitely part of what, like you, you have to take it. It's the yin and the yang. Yeah, it's like, like you couldn't get one without. The no, other. that's fine. That's fine. But an A minus. <laughs> well, like, what will, I'm saying. Well, will Erica Branson be missed in Calgary? Uh, no, no. I have the door off at least. As long as Michael Stone comes back, that's all I'm saying about right now. I can't. is he the Martin Marinchen of Calgary? Flames, the Martin Marinchen. Yeah. That's literally all Flames Twitter is right now. Is when we resign Michael Stone. Where is this? The better of the Stone Brothers. Trading <laughs> yeah, still around a B, but I guess they all kind of forgot about. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Bjork, Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand. Yeah, because yeah, that was pretty brutal. Um, just skipping through again. I'm not mentioning every team here, but there were some ones like passing note. The Devils are 11. They were 10 last what? year, and I'm like. They were hurt last year, but I'm like, the Devils? That, huh? That's a patient fan base all of a sudden. Um, we're not talking about the Rangers. It's not because I Jack hate Hughes Mike. It's just we don't have the time. What? The Jack Hughes run at the end of the year, let's be honest. They're pretty jacked about that. I mean, hey, you know, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so here's another big one. Another big jump. From 32nd last year 
to 14. Anyone want to guess who this is? Seattle? Not Seattle. It's um, Arizona. No, 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 no. I bet it's Edmonton. Uh, no, 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 it's no, 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 it's Chicago. It's Chicago. No, it's it's okay. Buffalo. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, that's a solid one. Krista would have B- him like top five. Guy is over the moon right now. B B <laughs> plus for kidding. the vision. It, well, it's B it's, plus for the vision. It's funny how quickly things change. Who would have thought that they were going to trade Jack Eichel and the fan base would be happy about? It? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's wild how much time can change things. Uh, it just really feels like. We're going to get to Montreal not soon after this, but or soon after. Uh, and I feel like right now with Buffalo and Montreal, you might have a thing of right now, everyone's really happy about sort of hope for the future. But I think Montreal and Habs fans right now will know that there's pain in the future. But the Sabres right now are like, we want hope. We could have a chance next year of fighting for a wild card spot, but maybe by like two months or by like a month out, they're out. You know what I mean? Like, They could be in the race, but they're going to fall out. But it's maybe once they get to, they're sort of renewed patience at the same time because, like, yeah, we've missed for 11 years for the playoffs, but a good stretch last year and some decent trades by Kevin Adams has just given them love again. I I don't know. Remember, they started the season and their attendance was god awful. We were like, "Uh oh, here we go. But it's just, like, here's one quote. I desperately want to be optimistic about the direction of this team, but it's all hype until we can get at least above a 500 record. <laughs> like that's the sort of. And so what did they get? The vi- and, and what was their vision? Uh, B plus from the fan base, C plus from the public. Okay. One thing I'd actually take from this team is the guys that they actually have there. They kind of seem like they they're okay being there now. Yeah, like we didn't see that Tuck before. Likes it. Well, Tuck, I, I guess Tuck hated Vegas and was like, ah, the, the Sabres are great, which is weird. Christo, again, love you, brother. But it's like, oh, he's so hyped. We're still waiting for Casey Middlestad. If you, uh, if you ask Christo, he's already started uh, designing uh, Powers uh, Hall of Fame plaque. Like, <laughs> like he's like, like the guy is like, the guy is. I don't think I've ever seen anyone more all in. On a player who has played like barely played than him, it's like mm-hmm. that. That is going to be a, a fun thing. The Calder race could be interesting last year because it's very quiet. That everyone is forgetting that next year, like Slavkovsky is obviously everyone just kind of forgets he exists. Same here. Not gonna lie. Sorry, dude. Um, but like that, Owen Power will be in the race next year too. We forget first overall last year. So there's fun there. There's some good fun in there. Um, but battle of the bigs. Wait, sorry, what, what was that, Will? It's just not a it's not a defenseman award unless you put up a bunch of points. I mean, you're not wrong, but remember when Rorensky was a finalist with Line A mm-hmm. and Matthews, and he's like, I'm just here to enjoy the show. Last one was what? Who win was Aaron Eckblad? Um Lord Cider. Oh, more Cider. Cider, my apologies. Lacar, who obviously yes. I think they both well, obviously, I think Cider led the wings in scoring, or he was at least leading defenseman. And Kale McCarr is Kale McCarr. Remember when everyone was like Hughes and McCarr, and we had Harmon Dial on? He's like, yeah, Hughes. And now it's just no. And now, like, people are saying McCarr Hall of Fame. So like, yeah. did did he actually lead the Red Wings in scoring last year? I, I want to say he probably I could check did. that. I'll yeah, double check you, right now. Please? I'll double check right now. I wouldn't, that's, that's it's got to be brutal. him or Raymond, obviously. <laughs> That's brutal. But hey, remember, 
Bunting was there. Remember, guys. He he Still did. Remember. He was he led them in in uh, defensive defensive scoring. Where he was he overall? Uh, fourth. <laughs> he was seven points behind Lucas Raymond. Okay, fair enough. Who else is up there? Like what? Uh, like Bertuzzi Larkin? and Larkin. Where? How far was Bertuzzi? If he had played, in, if he was vaccinated and played, Mer- in Canada, Mer- would he be leading scorer? Uh, was Bertuzzi injured at some point this year? He played 68 games. He I had 62 he points. Well, that and L- L- yeah, plus that. Larkin had 69 points in 71 games. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, maybe he would have been. I mean, hey, he was he was a force, right? He was good. Yeah. Um, we like Moritz Sider. We like Moritz Sider. Uh, okay. From 24 last year. This year they are 15. Again, Kadri is not in this. Right now, their highest score, both from the public and the fan base, an A minus trading from the fan base, A in public. It's the Calgary Flames. Um, and here's what we can talk, Will. Out goes Johnny Goudreau. They did everything they could, but he goes to Columbus, which we're still confused about to this day. Uh, Matthew Kachuk lets it be known he will not be staying long term, gets traded to Florida. All this, Sean Monahan gets a cap dump to Montreal. We'll talk about that later because it's a very weird conditional trade. Um, out go those pieces. In comes Nazem Kadri, seven by seven. Probably replaces the grit that Kachuk would bring. Can't wait for the Battle of Alberta. Uh, in comes, instead of the playmaking of Johnny Goudreau, Jonathan Huberdeau. Out goes. Why am I forgetting someone? Mackenzie Weger's there too. Yeah, you'll love to see. Um, That's in. Hmm? It was good Branson. It was Gabranson. Oh, yeah, and Eric Gabranson, the toughness. But you have Nikita Zdorov, so you're fine. Um, how do you feel, friend? Unreal. Like, <laughs> I, like, like it's not, I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Flames team. Like, I'm just not even a joke. I, I, the Flames don't get enough credit for being painfully mediocre and completely irrelevant and, like, hard to pay attention to. Like... Because like no, I am like I was going through it because the like it's hard to overstate how wild it is that the Flames' first two centers right now, like Michael Backlund is the Flames' third line center. Like I went I went through it as like a thought experiment, just like and we were talking earlier about guys who didn't get enough help, like Hall of Famers didn't get enough help when we we're talking about Kerry. Like I don't think Aginla gets enough credit for how little he played with like the number one center on the 04 team was Craig Conroy. And then the net, the following number one centers he played with were Damon Lankow and Uli Jokinen. <laughs> Leafs legend. Like, like uh, those were the best centers that we had. Like, I'm like, that's not even, and then they drafted Monaghan and it was like, okay, we're going to get like, and then Monaghan was like at his best, a good second line center. Like maybe a friend's first line if you like really if you really idealized it, but like there's a lot of Goudreau carrying him to get points there. So like he's really a second line center. And even he was like, This is awesome. We have an actual <laughs> and it's like so to have those two guys in front of Backland, who I have no idea how Backland is still a flame. Like the <laughs> Backland was drafted to be a Gimla's first line center. Like, that's how old he is. Like, he's been around that long. And, uh, like, I remember when he was in junior at Kelowna and we're, like, all watching him develop to see, like, if he was, like, actually going to be the Flames' first-line center of the future and it just never worked out, obviously. But, like, he's 
peaked as like a third line center and it's like he's a really good player but at the end of the day he's a third line center on a really good team and um so like it's just like it's crazy to look at a team who like we were talking before the party i don't think this is ever going to happen again where a team loses arguably its two best players from the previous season and is i think pretty clearly better I don't really know how you could make an argument that they're not better. Like a team to win the division and lose its two best players and then to be somehow better after that is just wild. Like I don't even, like mm. I mean, even if you're even if you're gonna say Goudreau is better than Huberto, which is I would say debatable, but like you're like let's say they're a wash. I would say Kachuk is probably better than Kadri, but it's close. And then Uyghur is just like so much better than anything they had defensively last year. When you look at like a, if you're swapping for Branson, so like that's just like a, uh, with him in the equation, bringing him in is just crazy. Like I don't, like that trade in retrospect, obviously it looks even better now that they got Huberto to resign, which I don't know if the, I'm, I don't know if the rankings were done before or after the resign, because the resign after, was I like, when Huberto resigned, that was a party. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was jacked about the flames, like as soon as he would resign, because it was like, oh my god! Like, not only did they survive this off season where they lost Goudreau and Kachuk, but like they're actually like kind of set going forward in a weird way, mm-hmm. to be at least decent. So like the Kadri thing is just, and then to get off the Monahan contract too, like Monahan is a Flames legend, and like the way that, and like the way that only a player only you can understand if you like cheered for the team. Like if someone randomly was like monitoring the flames last but like seriously, like people are actually legit sad that he's gone. Like he was one of those guys who was super in the community. Everyone just kind of gets it because like the contract is brutal and he's been injured for ever at this point, basically. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of get got that he had to go, but like what he did in the community and like, he's just like one of those guys that, was impossible not to like like everyone always points to the story when uh, Brody went down and practice and he like rushed to find a way to get his he like called Brody's wife or I think she was with his fiance at the time and she didn't answer so he called his wife or I think she I don't think they were married yet but regardless they lived on the same street as Brody so that she could run over and tell Brody's uh significant other that um what had happened at practice so she didn't find out in the media or on social media like mm-hmm. he's like just like one of those guys and um so losing him sucks but at the end of the day the team is just i mean they're way better like it's just like it's just hard to it's hard to put in the words so like the flames are actually exciting now after years of just being stuck in the middle like they're the most stuck in the middle franchise possible like they were the peak of like the flames were peak I hope they make the playoffs, but the best case scenario is like seventh, and then they, then they would finish tenth for like five straight <laughs> years. Would you like me to read you the line combinations? Absolutely, it's fun. all right. I'll do this, and so then sorry, you can go ahead, Alex. Um, this is yeah from Daily Faceoffs. Uh, Lindholm with Toffoli and Huberto on his wings. Uh, Kadri with Mangiapane and Coleman. Backlund with Dubé and Peltier, and then the fourth line beefy. Uh, Louis Rooney. Uh, and Milan Lucic. Defense, Rasmus <laughs> Anderson, Noah Hannafin, Mackenzie Weger, Chris Tanev, Oliver Shillington, and Nikita Zadorov, and obviously Vladar and Markstrom in that. Also, don't don't be surprised if Phillips makes the team. And there that's you a, go. That's a, that's a shout out. 
the same age group played against him a bunch as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. We did really good, and he might make the team this year. Mm -hmm. I um, yeah. I'm I'm curious if you think. Obviously, Edmonton's made the addition. So honestly, you look at the Pacific; it's Calgary and Edmonton. I feel like battling it out for first. Who the hell knows what Vegas? Uh, Vegas can make the playoffs, but again, like they have Michael Hutchinson as one of their NHL goalies. So all hell's breaking <laughs> loose over there. Um, so it's really up to Calgary and uh, Edmonton to me at this point. Who finishes first? I mean, I think I'd probably favor the Flames because I want to see Campbell in a non-leaf environment because I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm non not convinced. And I think until he, until we see what he does in a new environment, because that team is cursed with goalies. Like we're, we're going to talk about the flames and centers. You could do the same like rip through of like, this is wild. Like Oilers goalies, like dude, Nick Scrivens yeah. <laughs> was their number one goalie one year. Like that actually happened. God. Like, They've remember the Kudelbin year, like that yeah. actually happened. Like they brought Shabby <laughs> <laughs> Bullen. Like they've had like yeah, their yeah. their goalie list is just like as bad as anybody. So until that is solidified, I think just like the Markstrom, obviously Markstrom was awful in the playoffs. But until they uh, showcase like that they're close in goaltending for an eighty-two games for an eighty-two game season, I think you have to give the Flames the slight edge, but. If Edmonton finished above, I wouldn't be surprised because they're obviously top end forward. Depth is ludicrous. Like especially mm -hmm. when they bring back Vander Kane. Yeah. Um, see what their defense looks like. Some of them seem convinced that they're going to get a. I think it's Kreffbaum. I think they're like some of their fans are convinced that they're going to get a. Who's the D man who got hurt for them? Kreffbaum. Yeah, it is Kreffbaum, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't fans, think he's coming back. Some of their fans are convinced he's going to play this year, which is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Here's what you got to do: look at. How much LTI room, LTI room they're leaking into? Look at Clefbaum's cap it, and you're like, ah, he's yeah. not. Anyway, anyway yeah. regardless, I think you'd have to give the Flames a slight edge because the goaltending. But if the Oilers, like if David rips off 140 points or something, then like, and they win the division, is anyone gonna be that surprised? No. So, also, so Edmonton's sorry, I was just Edmonton's goal because Mike Smith. Isn't playing? No, LTI. Has that been right? confirmed? Okay, so it's Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Better than what they had last year, at least. That's a low bar. Cheaper. That's a low a lot bar. Cheaper. Yeah. That, <laughs> and cheaper. That, 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 yeah. That's a that's a low bar, but yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll um, see what happens. By the that's way, I mean that's why you gotta that's why you gotta give the Flames a slight edge until they, yeah until they're like Vladar and uh, Marstrom together. Like that's a. That's a top three or four goalie pairing in the league. Until they play Edmonton, and then Markstrom <laughs> folds into a chair. Yeah, that was weird. I have no idea what happened. That was just like the people need to look into what happened there. That was. Ongoing <laughs> <laughs> well, investigation. Like, he's like after the six goal boys. I'm tying it down. He was so, I don't even know, man. He was just bad. Like yeah. it wasn't even like it wasn't even like it was weird. It, he just looked like a completely different goalie. He looks like the guy in Florida who everyone was like, oh, this guy's disappointing. Like, <laughs> speak, speak, speaking of goalie, prodigy goalie prospects, Markstrom was supposed to be that guy. And right. I, then it, I guess it did end up working out, but obviously it took a while. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Harmon Dial tweeted this out uh, around the time of the Kadri deal. Um, 
because as good as the Flames offseason has been, and we've talked about the fact that Jonathan Huberto probably will age better than most people think. Um, uh, this Shout is just a screen. Hmm? Shout out Nicholas Backstrom. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> except this season. God bless him in those poor hips. I will miss him. Uh, anyway. Um, are you saying that we, uh, we talked, we, 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 we went through it. Jay Fresh had some good stuff about it. People check him out. Uh, but this is sort of the age, sort of the top guys in the flames and sort of pushes how they need to win. Now, when you look at it, uh, Kadri 31, Markstrom 32, Huberto 30. I thought he was 29. He is. He is. He corrected it. He is 29. Backlund 33, uh, 10 F 32 has had some injuries. Coleman 30 to Foley 30. Uh, so there is pressure to win now. But I'll tell you this: I have a lot more respect for Brad for living than I, I did. That tweet was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a good team needs to win now because their players are in their prime. Like, like what? Like, I'm so shocked that the team was all their players are in their prime or around thirty. Like, yeah, that's kind of how it works when you're getting <laughs> the NHL. Like, <laughs> it was. I felt, I felt like it was like one of those tweets where it was like supposed to be like a like spicy, and it just like kind of. Like, it was just kind of obvious. Like, yeah, they're all in this year. That's why all their players are older. Like, <laughs> that's why they're not on the come up. Their players are all around 30. That's kind of how it works when you're really good. Yeah, they're, every – sorry, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Like, no, I was just – everyone talks about how it's like a, a young guy's league. And, like, yeah, that's fair. But look how long it took Tampa to win. Look how many years it took Colorado to win. Like, Washington. they – Washington, uh, I guess Pittsburgh a bit too, but that was, I guess the, Edmonton uh, to make it yeah, to the playoffs back to back. Pittsburgh. I don't know about Pittsburgh. Yeah, like they're the anomaly, but they had the gap of losing. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like it, it, it you're not going to win at twenty three, twenty four for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, are we good to move on with the rest of the rankings? Sure. All right. Um, well, you're good, Mr. Flames. We're, we're good. All right. Um, we're just excited. Uh, six. Okay. And we're, we're, this marks about the halfway point. Um, <clears throat> at least teams overall. I actually don't remember how many more I have on my notes. We're just going with this. From 17 last year to 16 this year, it's Montreal. Uh, now, if you look at this. Um, 17 last year? That's hilarious. Uh, I know, right? It's just, you would have thought they got a bit more sort of love, but no. Um, now, if you look at, beside maybe the Bruins, we're going to get to, because theirs is hilarious to look at. This is the biggest difference of public and fan perception. Public, it's all C's. Fan base, it's all B. Except for Vision, which Montreal have in a solid A-. minus. Um, you got to think, now, it's a little difficult, I think, to really put it on right now a GM who hasn't even been in the position a year when they've completely revamped everything, right? Um, so what I thought we could maybe do for Montreal, we can do this for Toronto, is maybe we can just quickly have our own sort of thoughts on them. Roster building, for example. I don't know how you can really evaluate the work Ken Hughes has done, except maybe looking at how acquiring Kirby Doc, Slavkovsky, and sort of the way you can picture their top six looking, but I just don't know how exactly you can evaluate his job with roster building so far. Don't leave out uh, Michael Matheson like that. I completely forgot about Michael Matheson. <laughs> I disrespect. completely forgot he existed. Um, <laughs> there's a few halves where I'm like, oh yeah, cap management is like, I mean, like what could he do? <laughs> 
Except like the thing of like, this is one thing I like about Kent Hughes is he did what Bergevin never did, that he used cap muscle to get a pick for Monaghan. And he did it while he's over the salary cap and utilized Carey Price's LTIR, which is like, all right, draft and development. He just had a draft for the first time, so it's a little difficult to say. Trading, I think Ken Hughes is knocking his trades out the park. I think, like, if you want, we can quickly look at them, but I think he's been doing a really good job. Like, for example, Monaghan, I think that's a pretty damn good. Oh, we lost Daniel. Oh, no. Oh, no. What happened? Okay. He froze. We'll, we'll just quickly go you through them. But Sean Monaghan trade, yeah. you get the pick. Jeff Petrie, I'm still unsure on that one. Um, moving up to get Kirby Doc, pretty sure I like that one. Getting to Don off for Weber was pretty nice. The second pick that became late Hudson for Brett Kulak. Uh, the Lekkonen trade and getting Justin Barron. Of course, the Toffoli trade. The Ben Sherratt trade, an unprotected first next year for Ben Sherratt. I think it's pretty safe to say he's done a good job so far. Free agency, they didn't need to do anything. They didn't do anything. Vision, you can. It's the most the fan base has ever had. So like, it's not like I can. Really, Speaking of all bars. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's it's just sort of like. I wonder if it's like as a fan base, maybe we're seeing the management group of Montreal doing something that is expected, but because they were so far in the stone age with Mark Bergevin, it's like, oh my God, this is the second coming of Christ. But meanwhile, you can look at the public just sort of see right now. And Dom mentions this. This is a team that just finished last. Right. Which we do have to remember, <laughs> but and probably will be close to that this year. Which is good. I think their odds are the th- our, our best odds right now are third last, which that's what puts them in it. And I, I also think the public ranking would a lot of people don't like the pick. Let's be real. Here. That's, uh, uh, let's be honest. Uh, you, a lot of people you, don't like the pick. Yeah, like, like from public, outside. Yeah, like public. I think a lot of people laughed. Like a lot of people laughed at that. Like I mean, yeah. at least within our friend group. Yeah, or like I don't, someone I, in particular, well, name names, laughed at when that pick was made. I don't know many non has fans who were like, great pick. Like, so I, sure. like, I think like that is definitely going to impact the rankings too. Let's, right. Well, you remember, what was it you said? I looked scared when I sent you my reaction to the pick. Yeah, you did. I did. I'm, I'm, uh, I want to like Slavkovsky, but it's, it's difficult right now. Um, but listen, I. He's, I just, it's a little difficult for me to see. They only got up one place compared to where they were. Listen, Hughes is doing a good job so far. I just got to keep going. It's just, it's kind of like, we're not going to talk about Vancouver a ton, but how do you judge like Patrick Alvin and that too much when they've only been around for less than a year? Right. But listen, I like what I'm seeing so far, but hey, um, yeah. Uh, we're not going to talk about Seattle. I think they're going to be good this year. Sorry? Canucks fans think they're going to be good this year. They're, I don't, I still don't get their thing of, I want, we want to get cap space. So let's sign Ilya Mikheyev for a couple of years. I didn't. Like, like Canucks fans think they're making the playoffs. This year. Yeah. Like, yes. I mean, they could, they're in the Pacific. We got to really look at the standings and sort of see how things have shaped now. Cause I haven't really, well, we have Mike on for the eventual off season tier list. Maybe we can sort of put it together, but um, we got to wait for the dominoes to fall from Kadri signing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can actually get through that now. Uh, do, do we have we gotten anything from Daniel yet? Is yeah. He, is he coming back? Yeah. His okay. Wi-Fi good. went down. 
Oh, that's always the um, and this this ranking kind of sucks that Cadu's not involved. Because like I'd be really curious if he were the Islanders right now. Because like their fan base seems pretty split on them not getting him. Spoiler alert: the Islanders have the largest drop on this list. Yeah, yeah. So um, They've done nothing except yeah, literally get Romanov. Nothing. Which and they haven't even announced the, the signing's probably done, but I'm assuming they would still have to make room to even announce it. And Dobson, anyway, he they um, have eleven million dollars in cap space. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as we're sort of stalling for Daniel, we can at least set this part up. They were 18 last year. They're 18 again this year. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sounds about right. Now. It's funny how the first comment sort of reflects the fan base's thing after the Tampa loss. Quote, the odd thing is that I basically like everything they're doing. They're ice, uh, sorry, they're, they're icing a clear contender, but the playoff results are the playoff results. So should I be impressed with them for staying the course anyway or judge yeah. them for not achieving anything? I have no idea, which I think is... Just how you end up right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So here's what's interesting, and Alex, we can get your point mm-hmm. on this, is it's basically B things for roster building. Cap management, sure. the public have a harsher view, and there's obviously the idea out there of people saying the way they signed those contracts, they expected the cap to go up. Mm-hmm. I don't like that excuse personally because everyone's dealing with it right now. Uh, trading was even at C+. Free agency were both around Bs. Vision around Bs. Totals B- for both. So it seems like the public... And so even though there are different areas right now, um, everyone sort of has the same feeling about the Leafs. And I think everyone's just kind of yeah, it's the, the 82. Pop. It's the 82 game regular season. Doesn't matter. Like you yeah, thought, la- like you thought last year was bad, Adam. Like, I yeah. hope you understand this year is going to be like ridiculously worse. Matthew, well, like, like I, I don't care what happens in the 82 game season. Like they're a playoff team. I think it's hard to not. I think it's. it's you can't say they're not a playoff team. Um, so it really Ottawa. doesn't matter. Unless what? Unless you're not. Unless you're not. Yeah. But like, again, so like 82 games means absolutely nothing. Unfortunately. Who's Ottawa takes? Does Ottawa have a better top six? Like, Oh, God. Have you seen this <laughs> stuff about Ridley Greek? I've never heard of this guy until this World Juniors. And people were like, he's gotten two player of the games, ignoring Connor Bedard killing everything. But uh-huh. Ridley Greek, like Ridley what? Greek. Awesome. So he's cool. Say he's the next Brad Marshan, like Ottawa. Calm down. Let's calm down. <laughs> oh well. Come on. Well we, we all we all have one of the here up there. I mean, it's just you're not wrong. You know, it's really I don't know if I sent this to you, Will, but I sent it to one of the many group chats with some of the guys. And um, it was one that was like a sense fan on the highway taking a picture of the Canadian Tire Center and just saying, just drove by Claude Giroux's palace. And it's like, huh. it's not even on like they're the most outer thing of the highway. So you can see other cars. The building just doesn't look great. Like it looks like the side of a shopping mall. I will never forget. I went to Ottawa in 2019. Yeah. And I took the, my, you know, it was the it's when 2020. It was when I went in 2020. Took the bus, and uh, the bus we were driving on the highway. I was like, "What is that building? <laughs> <laughs> like, where we're we're not we're, we're like this is leaving Ottawa. Like, we're a long way from Ottawa." I was like, "Oh my god, that's the rink! It is so far from Ottawa. Like, like yeah. I think 
like it does like i people in ottawa always say it's a long way away and everyone's like yeah shut up like if the least rank was in barry it would still sell out but like i don't think they like it doesn't get enough credit because people don't go to ottawa for how freaking far that rink is like it is legitimately insane how far away that is like mm-hmm. it's nowhere near anything it's my buddy who goes to carlton it's a uh, $35 Uber to get. To oh, my God. That's probably more expensive than the ticket was last year. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Daniel, how do you feel that the Leafs were 18th last year and they're 18th this year? Hello. Uh, technical difficulties. Thanks for having me back. Um, honestly, I agree with it. I think that they patched some holes in free agency. They did what they needed to do on the trade front. But the way the cap is, the way that they're built right now, I didn't see where you could really change things. And they didn't really change too many things, in my opinion, that I think it's just the same expectations we have from last season. I think C-plus is generous to great trading when you actively went out and chose to get Matt Murray. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Your number on goal is it? Hmm? Not a backup for to be your number one goalie. Yes, which is Stuff, I, we'll, we'll see. Leave me alone. We'll By see. committee, I think maybe I don't know. We'll see. By committee, I mean I will. Ilya see. may find himself. Stop, um, guys. Oh, guys. I did it's, forget. It's not um, Sparks still around. Oh, what? Is Garrett Sparks still around? Oh man, uh, I think he's in the ECHL. Um. <laughs> By the way, just quick mention, uh, because I meant to bring it up for Montreal. Um, the conditional pick on Monahan, it's set to be 2025. However, normally, of course, we like to sit here and sort of break down the deals of the, con- of the conditions. It is literally like, it is like a George R.R. Martin thing. I'm like, if a lawyer can draw that up, where is the winds of winter, George? I need to know. Cat Friendly had a little tweet here. Um, these conditions incorporate seven draft picks in totals. Calgary somehow 2024 first, they're 2025, 2026 first as well. A third in 2025, a fourth in 2024, the Panthers 2025 first, and then the 2026 from the Panthers. I missed that there was a third and a fourth in this deal somehow. Apparently the one the Habs put out in their press release is actually different from the one the league have. I could try to explain it to you, I would just make it more confusing. So, I don't think they yeah. even know how it works. I don't. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Honestly. Uh, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. Also, the Habs have a lot of forwards and kind of need to trade some of them, but discussion for another day. Uh, we can move on to another Canadian team, gentlemen. There aren't that many left, as I sort of scroll down quickly to get, get to them. Uh, the Coyotes, if anyone's wondering, are up to 22nd. Uh, wow. wonders. Uh, Congrats but, to them. Yeah, but the team we really want to talk about from 28 last year to 23, it's the Edmonton Oilers. That feels well. So it does. Do you, do you want to know what the fan base said? Yeah. Roster roster building B minus, cap management C minus, drafting developing B, trading D plus. They do not like Ken Holland's trades. Even though I thought Kulak was pretty good and I don't think Cassian was too bad. But well, I they gave like up the first. And then they went off the board with that. The 32nd pick. They didn't just give, remember, they, they moved they, back. Yeah, they, they moved back it three. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But and a second and a third. It's just who so, they got with that pick. So who was it again? Who did they It was uh, Reed Schaefer. He was yes. not expected to go anywhere near 32nd. And apparently he's just another Cassian remember if he Tyler, reaches his potential. Oh, remember Tyler Boucher, by the way? Ottawa fans? Yes. Ottawa? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the fans are like, listen, overall, they are slightly more positive than the public, but like they are not happy with the cap space that obviously we, we've talked about that to death and trades. Remember, Duncan Keith, too, was not a great one um, and all that. But yeah, the, I thought the Oilers were going to have a bit more. I thought the McDavid show in the playoffs was going to give them a bit more. But I'm assuming in Battle of Alberta, when Mike Smith lets in a goal from the other side of the ice and tries to blame a ghost for it going in. <laughs> Uh, you know, things happen. Also, getting um, absolutely humiliated by Colorado was pretty tough. That's it was funny though. It See, was. here's what I love about the past few playoffs is obviously since I've gotten to know Will, we do have good chats during the playoffs. And the text, I think you simply said, "Oh my god," and then Mike Smith happened was just one of the best moments ever. Then Mike going off, it was that, just, I think that was the worst goal I've ever seen in a playoff game. I'm not even oh, like, it's it's worse than flurries against Josh Anderson. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, because you can make a mistake playing the puck. Like getting like the <laughs> thing about like the long shots is that like the Tosco one gets played forever, obviously. But like the thing about the Tosco one is that bounce is horrible. Like that's an actual hard bounce to read. Like those are those suck. But like just like straight in, <laughs> like like that does not happen there. Like that they're so he's so lucky they won that game because that would. Like even still, they'll probably get replayed forever. But if they had lost that game too, like, mm-hmm. gentlemen, we move on to another Canadian team next. They were sixth last year. Well, it's funny, gentlemen. The other day, Will said to me, "It's it's interesting how the Jets don't get talked enough about how Montreal swept them last year in this front office ranking. They were sixth. The Jets are twenty six now. Uh, I, I roster building is a D. The vision is a." Oh God, here we are. Uh, the vision and free agency was a D minus guys from the fan base. Um, they are, they are not happy in Winnipeg. This is the first sentence that Dom decisions wrote. One of the most shocking placements on last year's list is Winnipeg at six. One year later, we get a massively needed correction. Yeah, they're not, I, I don't know what on earth the Winnipeg jets are. Like they're, they're, they're number one center, number two center. I don't know. It depends on how you look at them. I mean, both of them actually don't want to be there, whether Mark Shifley would admit it or not, but that's fine. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois definitely doesn't want to be there. That's, that's, that's brutal. I I can't stand no, why no one's talking about that the same way they were talking about other things, but Pierre-Luc Dubois not wanting to be there is brutal. Mark Shifley not wanting to be there. Is brutal. They're only saving hope. There's two players: is Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers. Mm. Like I feel like that back end, who we talked about two years ago, have oh, just taken Hellebuck. steps back. Pardon? Still Hellebuck too. Yeah, Hellebuck yeah. too. Yeah, and like Morrissey and Pionk, we're not having the same conversations about them like we did two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is there? What's positive to look at other than maybe Cole, or other than sorry, Cole Perfetti. Mm-hmm. Remember the hockey news article from like the prospect, uh, man, from like the prospect specific one they do every year where it said the Jets were going to win the cup in like 2025 or something. Yeah. Oh, they had like a cover, they had a cover that was like it was when their like uh prospect pool was like rolling, it's like when they had Patan and like all those guys, and then like they were going to be nuts. Yeah, look it up. It, it, that actually happened. Nick Batan, that name's uh, enough to set anyone off. Um, okay, so this one's actually pretty... This one's really funny to me. This team was eight last year. 
27, it's the Boston Bruins. What? Uh, I don't think it gets talked enough how much Bruins fans really hate Don Sweeney. And I yeah. mean, really hate Don Sweeney. Um, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember um, they were expected to be the Canadian team to break the Stanley Cup curse. Yes. Yes, yes they were. Beat your 2019 Stanley Cup champions. Didn't work out. It did not. It the did. cover is uh, Jacob Truba. Uh, <laughs> and a Shikri. Oh. That's brutal, man. Oh my god. By the end of the year, that might be all of them gone. <laughs> all of them gone. You know what? Once Shifley's gone, I wouldn't be surprised if Hellebuck wants to go. Because he's the one to sit through a rebuild. Because if you're him, if you look at like Carrie Price retire, you're like, I don't want to go through that. What's he sitting through right now? Because it's media 2017 Habs. Like, mediocrity. 2017, like, 18 Habs. If yeah. I'm him, I don't want to sit there right now, let alone a rebuild. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Boston fans hate roster building and the free agency they had. Um, yeah, they hate Don Sweeney like with a passion. Like they, they actually, it's brutal how much. What's wrong with their them. with their roster? Uh, Charlie, uh, not sorry, not Charlie McAvoy. Um, I Charlie think Coyle. a lot of people don't like the Charlie Coyle stuff, and they just don't like Don Sweeney. Oh. I don't think they love the Felino contract either. No, no one better say a damn thing about uh, Craig Smith, or I will actually throw a tantrum. I think the two were um, asking was like really hard on them too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the way he handled it. Another goalie that oh, oh there's so many of them going. Well, he had won a cup though, so it's fine. But yeah, there's um, there's a oh, not for don't forget David Pasternak may be leaving next year, which yeah. is and they yeah. So there's a few things in there where it's like ah. I don't or know. they never forgot 2015. Uh, there was actually a comment here. Actually, Daniel, yes. funny you mentioned it. Uh, the catastrophe, the the uh, the catastrophe that was 2015 draft continues to haunt Don Sweeney, but they're still a con- uh, consistent playoff team that is determined to contend every season and is loyal to players that have uh, gotten them there. I mean, not technically. Tory Krug says hello to you, um, but anyway, uh, the Boston Bruins. Sorry, you stand still. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. Um, Okay, this this is the big one. This is the big one. They were fifth last year. 28. It's the New York Islanders. Uh, I, I don't need to tell you the vision's a C- minus from the, the fan. What? It might be lower now, like actually. without. Oh, you know what? Yeah, because do you know they what? They were getting casual when they did this. This is true. Uh, everything else, though, free agency at the time was a D. I don't think it goes to an F. Um, but we've talked about it. The Islanders haven't made a single free agent signing yet. It should be like NA for Just, free agency. What is it? <laughs> Not I available. When I was in grade eight, I got an I in music for incomplete because I never brought my guitar. <laughs> Uh, that's what you have to give the Islanders is uh, not enough material to mark the class because they haven't done anything and they're getting a year older. And there are guys on that team that are old. I, I think, I think a lose betting on uh, that last year was an anomaly, but then it he fired anomaly. pardon. It was an anomaly. Yeah, yeah, it was. But then he fired his head coach who was one of the best head coaches in the league. And then, that's the only thing I didn't really get about that that about their offseason in particular. Also, they didn't really again address the scoring issue that they've had the last the previous two years from last year. Um, but I guess they could deal with it. Like they made it to two conference finals. So 
I think I feel like the Islanders are in the classic place that happens where your run kind of peaks, but like the management hasn't really figured it out that they peaked yet, or they haven't like accepted that they peaked. So they're just like in a weird place mm-hmm. that no one really knows what to do with them. But that's a good point. I think, Matt, I think Matt Barzell's uh, Matt Barzell's up next year, so they need to sort of figure that out too. Um, maybe the key to the offense is sort of revitalizing his career, but would he go uh, they, home? Sorry, would he go home? Do you think he'd be one of those guys, it's a Vancouver guy? Do you think he'd go home? Uh, it would be funny but if he'd be worried about that if you're the Islanders. I feel like Lou would. Well, I'm. Oh, I don't think Lou. I don't well, <laughs> oh, why'd you do that? That's just mean. Hmm? I'm not saying I'm saying like like you have no direction as their fans have pointed out, and if yeah. they're bad again this year, like no, it's not direction, will it's vision? Come on, is, it's also their young guys like yeah, like Barzell, like even Wallstrom. I don't know. Is, Wallstrom uh, has it, it. He has not been what we thought so far. Is, is Barzell UFA or RFA at the end of next year? I will tell you. Twenty fifteen draft. Let's go way thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, RFA. I think he has one more RFA year. Yeah, probably are. And he's obviously are Um, But yeah, they need to be better. They need to be better. Uh, the Sharks are at 29 for anyone who cares. I don't know why I pointed them out, but uh, people <laughs> well, do not. I know why you pointed them out. Because Eric Carlson, Carlson is coming back. Up. Coming back. I'll keep saying it. He's back. Brent um, Burns held them back. Yeah. Eric Carlson <laughs> still is the best pass I think I've ever seen. I, you, listen, man. Break the pass to set up Hoffman against Boston. Oh, oh. I, I think about that like once every two weeks. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that was the cra- <laughs> craziest things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And then even the, the finish by Hoffman pulled out the old Forsberg move. Um, Shout out the sense for almost making the cup final with an awful team. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then who ended it, Alex? Who ended their hopes and dreams? Chris Kunitz did. Chris That's Kunitz. right. Okay. Hey, I love Chris Kunitz. Uh, should be a Hall no, of Famer. That's a gold medalist. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights were 12 last year. They are 31st. Cap management is the lowest grade possible, both for the, the public the and the fan base. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. God bless the Flyers for keeping them at that. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> the, quote, the front office has screwed up too many times by backing themselves in a corner where they have to give away players for free. It's embarrassing, this quote says. Max Pacioretty, it's, it's funny, had a quote a few weeks ago saying, like, there was almost no accountability for the players. While in Montreal, you know, you'd probably be burnt at the stake for having a bad year. Meanwhile, in Vegas, <laughs> why you want it? <laughs> I mean, he Vegas, someone pointed out Patrick loves taking shots at his old team once he gets traded. That quote was hilarious. I was like, Isn't that why you left? Like, yeah, <laughs> and now it's like that Wait, saying did- of the grass isn't always greener, <sighs> pretty well, isn't it, Max? And now he goes to Carolina where the, there's still not going to be any accountability, no one cares there. Brenda Moore, woo. Anyway, but you know, there's, there's a, it doesn't look good for them either because Robin Leonard's hurt. And at his age, I think he's getting hip surgery. Look at what happened to Corey Schneider. I know he was a little older, but goalies and hip surgery and having to go Logan Thompson, who's a good young goalie, but with Hutchinson. Listen, I like Eichel. Well, no, I was getting ready. Sorry. That's so fun. Both are ready catches. It's just, it's going to be, um, I don't I don't blame Vegas's fans here, but or the, the few that voted, but the best part is when you pull them up on Cap Friendly, they have no goalies on their main <laughs> roster. It just goes defense, 
injured reserve. No, well, they had goalies. Dylan Ferguson, but he's on the Marlies now, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. No NHL quality goalies. They have four AHL goalies. <laughs> so it's That's not rude. going well. It's not going well for the Golden Knights, but it could be worse. You know, I why? was so I was so convinced they were going to be so much better next year. I'm Alex, not. I'm Alex, gone. I'm you, done. Can you just can you make a note that I'm going to screen share here? Yeah. Because at 30 seconds, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> Good lord. Hold on. The freaking the bar is in the way. Hold on. Oh, I'm I'm having a mess here. The fi- no, the show Get notes the ignore them. Oh no, where'd it go? We're back at the main page. I'm trying to back up. Oh god, hold on. There it is. Okay. Okay, hold on. And at 30 seconds, not the what flames. Don't pause. <laughs> We're it. just exposing the entire uh oh, god. at 30 seconds. Oh, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. D minus across every single metric from both the fan base and the public. Can is we just D minus the lowest you can get? Apparently, I haven't seen anything else here, which makes me think that. Like, you're not going to ask. Like, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I, I guess, know. I guess not. Or an I, no. <laughs> like, just, you not get an F in cap manager? Like, I, I, I just want to point everyone's attention to the uh, change in the confidence. The fan base has lost 96. percent Wow. Uh, wow. I just want to read some of the, the, the comments here. The Flyers are an embarrassment, uh, lack of clear vision <laughs> for their future <laughs> appearance. Uh, I've never seen a front office be so delusional about the current state of the roster. There's no clear direction, and I don't see a way out anytime soon, uh, just to name a few things they're, there. Uh, they're the rare team that is both bad with no cap space. Like that's a, you have to achieve, like that's an impressive achievement. That yeah. is a, the worst place in sports. Like, like that's actually like a challenge to get there. Mm-hmm. They, it's, like, they ch- sorry. it's like, how is that even possible? Like, how do you do that? It's, it's ridiculous. Like you bought out Oscar Lindbaum, which was already crappy enough of you to do to help make room for Tony D'Angelo and therefore right. handcuffing yourself for Johnny Goudreau. It just I like, wanted to go there. Exactly. Like and, you would have gone there if they could. Yeah. Like, but you're like Tony D'Angelo. Why? To they fix got the, the wrong American. To fix the problem that they didn't have on defense. I still love that. Like, they were so bad. <laughs> and then they added money. <laughs> like the, the best part was they traded the argue probably like the best flyer of this current generation. And then did they not say that summer that they're not rebuilding what and, and they've somehow gotten like worse worse this risk aligning with tony d'angelo oh do, do, do you think they had to do you think they like re-signed rasmus wrist aligning purely because they traded the first round pick for him like they had to they had to like there was no choice John Trinarello is going to have a treat with this roster. I, I seriously, I keep saying it. I can't wait to see him and Tony Giangelo just explode. Why is he not back checking? Can we get them on a? Can we get them on a winter classic <laughs> game so we can get a? Uh, the, the <laughs> so, so I say that again. I want them on the winter classic game so we can get them in the HBO documentary. <laughs> I think, oh my God, yeah. I think they should do all or nothing Philadelphia Flyers. Like that's what I want to. That's the content I want. I just half of it's of, John Tortorella talking head. <laughs> that's fine. Like, I don't know what we're that's doing. Fine. I'll take it. You haven't seen Drive to Survive. Why did he take that job? Like because he he fits there. It's just the attitude. Be horrible. Like why did he do that? I'd wonder if he wasn't wasn't going to get another job anywhere else. 
If there was he, one market that could give him a chance, it was probably going to be them. And he clearly just did not like being on TV. See, he's kind of like, so Will, you haven't seen Drive to Survive, right? You haven't seen it? No. Okay, so you won't get this reference, but like he'd kind of be like Gunter Steiner, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Like this very angry man. You know, slamming <laughs> Except doors he's likable. Except yeah, he's likable. Tortorella is likable. Animal mm, rescue guy. See, he rescues horses and stuff. Yeah, but okay. But wait till he says something, says some, make some hockey comment. Then they're, see they're like two stars. Right. Like, a fight. <laughs> we'll see if you like how likable he is. Saying, then. Brooksy. So I Adam, just, how do you feel about how bad they are considering they're competing with the Habs? Like, <laughs> I mean, be- it's a real tight race, isn't it? I mean, it's Chicago, <laughs> oh, Chicago and Arizona, too. It's a real race. Jeez. It's going to come down to the wire there. I don't if know. You, if you watch Bedard in the World Juniors, like, you kind of get it. Like, like seriously. I yeah. I only saw the clips. So I'm still like, it's a joke. I'd, I'd like that. I'd like that, please. It's gonna be tough, man. It's it's gonna be a very tight competition. I mean, it's literally. Uh, this is what's worrying me about Marty St. Louis under Caulfield. They have a chance to win some games now. You know what I mean? That's nerve wracking. Well, that makes me really nervous. The thing is, though, is that there's no way the number one team's gonna get the pick two in a row, right? So, I mean, the Coyotes have to win it eventually, don't they? Because they yeah. they keep getting they have to, they keep losing the lottery they're due which is worrying and Chicago come on <laughs> telling me they they would take the Russian kid and just be like yeah we're gonna be we're, we don't even care when he comes over we don't we don't he, he can't he, he won't come over in a college stadium so he can come over when we get get the arena built like <laughs> five five to ten years it's really funny that Logan Cooley is probably gonna play his first like game at ASU in the NCAA. Yeah, that's hilarious. which is going to be really fun to look at. And he's like, ah, I'm home. <laughs> like he won't even get to go to the home arena, actually, because he'll have to go to the other dress- <laughs> dressing room. Then he'll see the construction taking place. Oh, nicer man. dressing room. <laughs> oh my god. Good lord. Oh my god. That's um man, people check out the sort of the articles from Katie Strang on that stuff because they uh, are uh, so has that arena been approved or are we just sitting here quietly waiting while the insiders have their summer? Like next phase or whatever. I don't know. I think oh, it's just good. I don't know, city we're gonna business. we're gonna start a season and they won't even have an arena. Yeah, well, god, you know, I'm gonna watch their home opener just for the fun of it. Even though it's not, I for think, like a listen, month. I think hide that thing like crazy. There's no other things going on national TV. It'll be yep. a pain to find. I, I think everyone will watch, try to watch the first game, and then that's it. Like, They're I think it'll, re- remember it'll, it's the Coyotes it'll like, lose its appeal. Doing? It'll lose its appeal real quick. I think it's a nine game, too. So it's probably going to be like the abs are playing right now. What am I doing? That's how it's probably going to go. Um, anyway, they should. The, uh, they should what they should do for is the NBA always does this weird thing where the opening night is three games. They do two national TV games and then this like random non-national TV game that like you like forget exists and it like starts like right in the middle of the two games. And you're like, you're like, why is yeah. it like, why is okay, right now like, it's like, the, like, they do it every year? It's really weird. And the they, they can do that with Arizona. Kings of Sacramento, like, guys, who's ready? Uh, <laughs> like, was that good? Indiana, Orlando, you like just hide. And it's like, why is why is this game happening? Like they should do. I'm serious. They should do that with Arizona. Just like try and avoid anyone knowing this game's yeah. happening. Like do it. Like line it up right when the game with uh, the Colorado banner raves. Yeah. <laughs> right there. And who who do they host? Who's a really? We can't make the Columbus joke anymore because they have star players. Who's like the worst team that 
that the Coyotes could open their night against? Uh, Chicago. Philadelphia. Uh, no, no, Philly no Phil, people fun. will watch Philly. Okay. Um, Chicago because they have two <laughs> NHL players. Arizona against. When's the yeah, game getting traded, by the way? When's that going to happen? Uh, to the Oilers? Very soon, actually. But no. uh, that's what Oilers Twitter is saying. Arizona against San Jose. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's a good one, Daniel. San, San Jose or Anaheim? And San Jose, actually, no, Zgrass is box office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zgrass is box office. Fair, we get fair. to see, and Eric Carlson gets hurt in the second shift of the game. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that was rude. I, I, I'm just listen. It's gonna happen. He'll he'll start the the year and he'll have like 12 points in like nine games, and then be out for four months. Yeah, it's it's just always how it happens. Before you go, Will, um. Where does Kevin Durant end up? And you can't say Brooklyn because that's too easy and too boring an answer. I have actually no idea. Yeah? I honestly have no idea. I've been watching a lot of Undisputed trying to get myself really into basketball. And if Skip Bayless mentions Kevin Durant's toenail on the line against Milwaukee one more time, I'm going to throw my computer. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend watching Undisputed. but uh, you... <laughs> Shannon's funny. I like Shannon. Yeah, Don't Shannon. Um, You know, it's, it's a good question. Uh... I mean, like the Raptors, like legit might get him. Like it, the weird, the weird situation is like no one really has even close to what Brooklyn wants for mm-hmm. him. So it kind of comes down to like, is Brooklyn just like, is their owner just gonna be like, I just want to not have this happen anymore, and just like get a crappy trade for him, basically. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, All right. It seems like it's either going to be the Raptors in Boston right now, which would be pretty fun if it was either one of those. I but. think if if he was a Raptor, I think I'd buy my first basketball jersey just because <laughs> I feel like I'd have to at that point. Um, if he was a Raptor, they might win the East next year. It depends on who they give up. But and then he wants out and goes to the Clippers. Uh, he has not players left on his deal. He can't go anywhere. And with that, See, see, you know, that's a good thing why they shouldn't trade him because, like, from what I understand, it's already a pretty big player's league, but I would think it would be disastrous if a guy, what do you say, four years left? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can't let well, that happen. The, the reason they might is their owner might just go, yeah, don't care. Fair enough. Their owner, Fair like, enough. literally had a quote a few weeks ago that was like, I wish we were more of the vibes team again. Because before they got Durant and Kyrie, their team was just, like, all vibes. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just fun. Well, and, like they actually weren't really going anywhere, but like, not, like, if they did, like, if they, like if they did the front office rankings for the NBA, they would have been like 11th, and everyone would have been like, "This doesn't make any sense." They're not. So they, they are the New Jersey, the <laughs> New devils. Jersey Devils. Yeah, they are. Yeah, basically. The former, what were they, they? They were the New Jersey Nets before, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Sure, they shared the same same building. And, what? Never mind. Um, and there we go. Um, like that. That's it. Thank you, Will. Um. I need to cough again, so one of you two, please thank Will and ask him where he wants to find his stuff. Yeah, Will, where, where should we find your stuff? Or where should the people find your stuff? Man, if you're on Twitter. Just on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, I'm just on, fully on Twitter. Now. That's basically it. Full <laughs> 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 Twitter guy now. Go watch, watch the Flames this year. That's my, that's my, that's my plug. It's not anything <laughs> watch the Flames. Like, actually take advantage of the fact that Flames might actually be watchable this year because it's happened like three times in my entire life. And that's not and, even the joke. And because they're a Canadian team, we're actually going to get them on TV. Yeah. Oh, wait. So you're going to get an actual 10, 10, 10 p.m. game to watch? Yeah, it's a great 10 p.m. game. It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. 
All right. Well, Nazem thank you. Nazem Kadri is going to actually be like most popular flame. I so I saw so I was listening to something today. I forget who it was. I I feel awful. I can't remember it. Um, it was the CJ show, and they mentioned. I think Chris Johnson reminded everyone. Remember who hurt Nazem Kadri in the playoffs? Edmonton Oilers forward Evander Kane. So the Battle of Alberta is going to be nasty. Very oh, yeah. nasty. We go from Cassian and Kachuk to Kadri and Kane. Yeah. So so here's the thing about Kadri that no one is going to talk about because no one wants to talk about this. It's, it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable. But like mm-hmm. the entire northeast of Calgary, like a big, not Calgary, but like a huge chunk of it is very famous for having a very large immigrant population, particularly of Muslim and East Indian people. Mm-hmm. And they love hockey. They legit, they always have hard, they always have hockey teams out there. Like their communities, like they, it's a very cool area for that. And I truly cannot possibly imagine how many casual jerseys they're going to sell in that area. Like he's going to be like 12 out of 10 popular. Like it'll be ludicrous. Like it's pretty cool for that area of the city to have a player like him coming to the team because. I honestly can't even imagine how excited they are because let's be real, the Flames are usually just exclusively white guys. So like (laughs) the fact that like one of their most uh, popular players in general is going to be a guy who in a weird and interesting way represents that community is going to be pretty cool to see. But I don't don't know if anyone will talk about it until like... I think you've you've actually mentioned that community before when we had you on actually. So, and for anyone wondering, Will... Obviously, I think we mentioned before, you're actually from Calgary. Like, you're not just a Toronto guy who's like, I know about, you're from out west. So, you know, he knows his thing. That area, it's going to be pretty cool to see how he uh, reacts to having that many people around because uh, I think that part of Calgary gets kind of lost. Like, Calgary gets, like, stereotypes as being, like, all white people with, like, Calgary's and stuff. But, like, Mm I mean, last two mayors are both obviously brown and then the one before was Muslim as well, so. It's a very large population in Calgary, and it'll be cool to have a guy like Calgary who represents that community so well be on the team because mm-hmm. uh, the Flames haven't really had anyone like that other since the Gimla, to be honest here. That represents yep. a marginalized group in the city, so it'll be cool to see that for sure. And it's examples like that and stories like that, why we love you, Will, why you were so good as the sports editor back in the I days, and uh, why you're such a good guy and a good journalist, by the way. Um <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is shot. Um, thank you, though, our dear friend, for coming on. Um, always appreciate it. Um, we'll link your Twitter editing in the bio and that. Yeah. But again, to echo your statement, watch the Flames. It's going to be fun. Um, not the Flyers. That's my other Not the Flyers. <laughs> oh, no, no. Unless your team's playing them, because then you get to probably see a, you know, a murder. But... <laughs> Flames game from like five years ago that the NHL like tried to bring the tapes on. Yes, yes. Um, and with that, um, I don't know if we're gonna come back. To be honest, I think we spent a lot of time. And my, my throat's really hurting. To be honest, so <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. How about we just do the outro now? Then go. All okay. right. Thank you for listening. Go check out Will stuff. He's a good guy. Nice guy. Um, takes care of you when you've had too much to drink. Um, and uh, and uh, we will see you all next time. Oh, man.